just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. What's happening guys? It's time for another episode of the Next Level Guys Show podcast with your favourite tutor, Ian Dawson Mackay. Next Level Guys is a go-to men's interview, interest and improvement website where I quiz the experts to find out the hacks, tips, methods and protocols that you can implement in your own life to take it to the next level and live happier, healthier, wealthier, sexier and so much more. Today's guest is the mad scientist Chris Stephan, who is a world-renowned strength athlete, coach, public speaker, inventor and innovator in regards to human movement and training mythologies. Known as a mad scientist, Chris is an ex-corporate executive turned inventor and movement professional. He has positioned himself uniquely in the fitness world, bridging the gap between and working with both the top clinical rehab and sports professionals in the world and in the trenches athletes and strength and conditioning coaches. He promotes and uses evidence-based approaches in developing his coaching and queuing methodologies and strength training equipment. Chris keeps it simple with reinforcing clean natural movement patterns and then focusing on building strength. He is the only person in the world today squatting and deadlifting over 900 pounds as body weight and is one of the best powerlifters of our age and one of the most respected strength coaches in the industry, period. In this interview, we discuss his recent released book on his life story strength in all aspects, personal development, self-help, and how you can learn to develop strength in all aspects of your life. And now, let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I originally discovered you, in air quotes, when uh, you were working with Mark Bell. I think you were calling Silent Mike a pussy, and you were drinking whiskey and doing deadlifts. You know, you became the mad scientist of powerlifting. You were doing awesome work in that bit. I think that's where a lot of people know you from, but you've got an amazing story which you've just introduced in your new book. But for those who are listening, who've been under the, you know, under the rock and don't know who you are, could you just give a quick intro, you know, who you are, why you're so well known, just a kind of general overview? Yeah, sure. So uh, I was uh, dubbed the mad scientist by uh, Stan Efferding a number of years ago when I... uh, I went down and uh, did some work fixing his shoulders, and uh, Eric Spoto, who was the at the time the world record holding bench press, uh, you know, did some magic and uh, got him uh, rehabbed um, post surgery, and uh, and it's just something that stuck because I've been kind of an innovator of bringing new methodology or old methodology as it may be uh, back into the realm and just different uh, different ideas around both equipment and training. That uh, at the end of the day, work they're uh, you know all science based, but sometimes just kind of outside the box. And just like the you mentioned, the drinking whiskey, uh, there is some actual science behind that. Uh, uh, at the right, <laughs> the, the timed at the right amount at the right dose can actually be performance enhancing. And I walk through; I've got an article walking through the history of of its use, which dates back a long time, uh, and uh, and the effects and why it works, which is kind of counterintuitive. Obviously, it has a lot of detrimental effects, um, but uh, pretty well known for that stuff as well as uh, generally my, my feats of strength. Uh, I was rated number one in the world for like eight years in powerlifting, setting all-time world records. Um, uh, probably most well known for my Guinness world record, which I still hold on the sumo deadlift, 
Um, so I have the heaviest sumo deadlift in history um, at 1,000 pounds, which I did for reps. So I'm the only person in any style of deadlifting that's ever done reps with 1,000 pounds. I did it for almost three reps. And uh, <clears throat> uh, also makes me the lightest person to ever deadlift 1,000 uh, pounds. Lightest and oldest <laughs> uh, to do that as well. Um, lightest by we're talking like 120 to 140 pounds body weight because the other five people that have done it are all, you know, you're, uh, you know, six and a half foot, seven foot tall, 400 pound, uh, strong men, uh, versus me, yeah. at, you know, five ten, two hundred and sixty five pounds. Um, and then I've, I've done a number of other Guinness, uh, feats and other crazy feats, uh, squatted 800 pounds every single day for 30 days straight, raising money for special Olympics. Uh, which are special needs uh, uh, individuals um, in support of getting them into uh, powerlifting and training. Um, the thousand pound was a charity fundraiser as well, uh, and then uh, more recently deadlifted 880 pounds or 400 kilos every single day for 17 days straight, uh, raising money for child childhood cancer research. And so, so yeah, a good mixture of both content uh, around uh, science-based education and training tools, uh, which we output through my uh, business, Kabuki Strength, which we've got an education arm and an equipment arm uh, doing some really unique stuff. So we work with um, all the top professional, well, not all the top professional, but a good chunk of the top professional teams in the uh, Major League Baseball, NFL, um, not so big into NBA yet. Uh, we're getting into NHL. We deal with colleges across the board. I think we've got like 500 colleges as customers. Um, so all the top uh, United States colleges. Uh, we deal with the U.S. Olympic Committee and a lot of uh, track and field athletes. So uh, shot put, discus, uh, some javelin throwing, things like that. We're, we're all over the place with uh, what we produce. So it's uh, generally that's what I'm known for is strength in the physical nature. And, uh, and my most recent book is addressing... The other aspects of strength, which are arguably much more important, uh, particularly in my mind, uh, which is around mental, emotional, and you know even spiritual uh, uh, aspects of strength. So that's uh, that was uh, it's a definitely a passion project of mine, and I wanted to have an outlet for being able to to help people, um, both people that are struggling uh, as well as people that are looking for. Uh, ways to improve themselves in life, in relationships, and in business, and all those aspects, and becoming a better version of themselves. And uh, so the book is built around uh, uh, messages and lessons to to help people realize that a life that matches their uh, their values and their goals. That was a lot of content That's I just threw I out there all at once. So, <laughs> no, I love it. I mean. When I, I remember your grand goals, and it was like when you were deadlifting, you know, sumo for like a thousand pounds, I was like, okay, this guy's legit. But I love how you use in the book, you address the other components of strength. You don't just look at physical, like you said, you looked at emotional, you, you know, you looked at like reinvention, like the spiritual, you know, every kind of strength possible. But what was your inspiration for the book? You know, why did you decide now was the time to release it? You know, is this something that you just wanted to leave your legacy or 
was there a kind of inspiration behind creating it now? Yeah, the, so there was an inspiration behind creating it now. Um, and it's really more of having a, a storyline to, to finish it. Um, so this is something I've wanted to write for a long time, knowing that my story is, it, it's got some power behind it. You've read it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, mm -hmm. It's phenomenal. And, uh, but it's, you know, the end goal of the book is being able to realize a vision for your life and execute it. And really that's, that's where I'm at now. You know, I left my corporate career. I founded this company that is, is the values, the values and my personal values and philosophy are the culture that we have here and how we actually go and act in the world. And it is every, I'm living every aspect. I'm not a rich person as far as financially, but I am rich in the people that I that I work with and live with in the life that I have I do every I live I live the life that I want every aspect of what I do for work and home and pleasure there's no there's no real like cutoff everything is all the same and so that's I think that's a great way to finalize the story and be able to articulate uh, that that aspect of of creating the life that you want around yourself and so without that, you know, I would have dead-ended it in like this, well, really <laughs> incredibly successful corporate career that I used to have before this, you know, doing company turnarounds and things like that. But it really wasn't, you know, that, that would be like, oh, here's a great success, but it wasn't the success that I wanted, right? So it was success by a lot of people's standards in the world we live in today, but I wanted more than, than that. And uh, so there was a lot of stuff in the last couple, couple chapters of that book where I took what was a successful life and took it completely another direction and reinvented uh, reinvented it into the fashion. I felt that that was a, a time that I could, you know, legitimately, you know, finish and conclude the book uh, and feel good about, you know, the, uh, the conclusion and that it really is living the, the messages that I'm saying, uh, saying in the book. Obviously, the story will always continue going on, right? Um, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, that was, that was the piece. And it was also a time that really was a lot of, with getting the business up and running the first few years, I was too swamped with that. And so I have been building the team and the people, uh, my leadership team here and the point where I could literally step away for the nine months, 12 months that it took me to, to put together the book I was focusing on the book and training and my family life. And, you know, letting the team really, you know, drive and manage the business. So it was, you know, just from a logistical manner, like being able to sit down and do that. Um, it was, it, it was, it, I was able to do that. So. No, it is amazing the, like when you see where you came from, like the, the upbringing, the way that you kind of ground out it's like repping you know the way that you kind of took the weight onto your shoulders raised yourself up and then just you know broke the record and just kept getting better and better it is a phenomenal and i think that's what we forget sometimes is the people we look at have all had their own upbringing yep. they've all had their own history their own demons and we forget about that and that's what i really liked about your book because i've been doing the podcast i really enjoy finding out about people deeper on a deeper level and I think a lot of people forget that you're not just a gym person, you know, and you, I mean, you broke the book up into two different chapters that are linked to your tattoos. You know, why, 
did you get a lot of negative feedback from people who said, oh, why is this not a self-help book on how to improve your lifts? I mean, you made me deadlift better, squat better, bench better, but I actually feel like a better person for reading your book. Yeah. Is that the aim? You know, why didn't you do it? Because you could have sold more copies. <laughs> as a, this is, I mean, I love the way you this, did it. This is what I, I know. So the, I've had a few people that like just bought the book, you know, not knowing what it was about, not reading the, the synopsis or the reviews. And they're like, I thought this was going to be a book about training and lifting, and it wasn't. But even so, like all the feedback I've, I've received is has been just phenomenal. So... Um, you know, you can go check out reviews on, on Amazon and such if you want, but, uh, the personal feedback that I've been getting, uh, via messages and emails and all that, like it's, it's had a really profound impact on people that have made their way through it. And that's, that's really my mission. And so, you know, it, uh, you know, I, for the longest time I've signed off every email that I've written is live better through strength. And, you know, I have no idea where I came about just saying that, but that is, that is, that is my message. That is my goal is to help people realize that struggle and adversity are not to be avoided. Um, they're not only not to be avoided, but, you know, those things that we need to seek out. And we do that in the gym, in the physical nature, but people don't realize the the rest of their life, uh, you know, is that way. And I've met a lot of people that, you know, have those struggles. And by no means my book is written in a manner like, oh, woe is me, um, or my my life is worse than anyone else's, which is is not, and that's not the you know the way it's written. Uh, it is written to show you how far you can move the needle. You know, if I if I can go from you know being a you know a homeless kid in the woods at six years old learning to handle you know rattlesnakes and bathe himself in creek water and uh, forage for mushroom and kill, kill animals, you know, to you know putting myself through college, raising my three sisters while I did it so they didn't have to live in that environment, deal with murderers, serial killers, <laughs> human trafficking, like all these things, and get to the point where, you know, I am, you know, you know, a sought-after executive that's brought in to, like, you know, come in and fix and turn around, like, you know, companies and get them sold to just you know, before I'm 40, walking away from that to say, this is what I want to do in the world. This is how I want to have an impact. This is how I want to, how I want to leave my legacy and pare down everything in my life to, from my personal life. And there's some, there's, you know, some difficult things I walk through there, um, from my personal life to my business life, to my lifting every single one of those, I made huge changes to execute that, that vision and it's, 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 you know, if I can come from there and move the needle that far with those philosophies, what can you do? And, and, uh, so it, it's, it's a, it's a story of self-actualization and, and, and every chapter has, you know, the story, but then what are the, what are the themes from it? What can you learn from it? How can you take action from it? Yet at the same time, doing it in a way that's asking you questions of yourself and not telling you how to live your life, not telling you what your values or goals should be, not telling you, you know, what, what morality is important, it, but to ask you and to make you think down the path so you can find those answers for yourself and, and then live the life that you want. Because I see so many people that just go through the motions of living life, right? 
Um, they, and I use the term in the book, they let life live them, you know, it's the living for the weekend. It's getting, it's just, you know, making do it's, uh, um, or, or, or the people that are living a tough life and you walk and you ask them, you know, who are you? And they tell you what has happened to them. They tell you the, the stories of things that have happened to them there. And, and it's like, well, that's, that's not who you are. Sure. That's had an influence on who you are. But you are defined not by the things that have happened to you, but by your actions and responses to those obstacles in your life. That is the definition of who you are. And so many people kind of mix and match. They, you know, maybe it's victimization or whatever it is, but they'll, I'm a such and such survivor. I'm a, you know, like these are, that is their story. And that shouldn't be your story. That's what, that's what's happened to you that you had no control over, you know? And so... You know, there's that and a lot of other pieces of very usable, actionable uh, information in there. And so for me, it's it's just the passion of sharing um, these messages and stories and helping people because that's that's what I want to do. And that's what I've always been is, you know, when I was, you know, when I was a, a leader and executive, I guess I still am. Um, but for me, it was all what I enjoyed from that was the helping people be able to realize that they had more potential than they thought to be able to take on challenges and obstacles. And when you would see those wins happen, you would see so many other aspects of their life start improving as well. And, uh, and that's what I enjoyed. It's that coaching, it's that mentoring, it's helping people, it's putting those challenges in front of people. And so what that my book is, is a challenge. And, uh, I mean, would you not agree with, with that statement, having, having read it? Oh, definitely. I I love the way that it wasn't a, oh, look at me, I've had a hard life. Oh, you know, I should be praised or whatever. You took what are really sort of somewhere really dark places and said, this is how I used my my strength to come out of this. And then you gave the theme at the end of, well, this is my story. This is how I did it. Now, this is how you could do it too. I love that way that you wrote it about it wasn't just your story and like you used it as a self-help guide for people yep. to show that it is possible to come from these places that you know it gave them like the tale it gave them the explanation of how you did it where you went wrong and how like you've said and which I particularly loved was that you're not defined by your BS story you know, you're you're defined by your actions to that story. So it could be as negative as hell, but you can decide to make something from it. You know, you can draw strength from it and improve yourself, improve others, improve the world. You know, by your actions, you're not. It's like was it Fight Club when they said, "You're not your job. You're not." Yeah, actually, that, that's cookies, a, I, for, I forgot yeah. about that line uh, from from Fight Club. That's a brilliant, brilliant uh, work. Um, but uh, yeah, that it, and that's. That's what it's about, and um, and this is, like I said, it's people may pick it up thinking it's a strength training book. It's going to help you with the mental aspects, and that that's the same philosophies that I use to do feats of strength that no one in the world has been able to duplicate. It's been the things that I've you know brought about world class you know performance in, in within companies. I've done the entrepreneurial thing and been successful in a matter of four years. I'm in basically every single major sport in the world. We have an impact in either coaching <laughs> or equipment. Um, you know, this is these are things. It's 
things that you can put to let, you know, work in your personal friendships and relationships and your family. So it really is a self-help book, but it's like a business book. It's like all those sorts of things kind of wrapped into one. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, uh, I definitely encourage people to take a look at it. I don't want to, you know, just bash people over the head over and over on, uh, about the book here, but, uh, but <laughs> I think we I think we did some good service of kind of covering the the groundwork that's uh, that's in there and yeah it's there's there's definitely some uh, some crazy cra- just crazy engaging stories so it's a it's a nice good raid and by the time your listeners um, uh, listen to this podcast it will be a, available in Audible as well so it's currently uh, uh, hardcover paperback and ebook but uh, the Audible uh, will be launching. Uh, next Monday, so really, uh, which I did uh, did myself uh, as a little bit of a challenge. My my publisher said, "No, no, you need to hire a professional, um, you know, uh, uh, was it voice actor, professional voice actor to do this, to do it service." And I'm like, "Ah, I really think it should be me reading this thing." And they're like, "Ah, you need to. It's going to be really hard. You're going to hate it." And I'm like, "Let me just do a test read of like the hardest chapter." And I recorded it and sent it to them, and uh, they're like, "Okay." Yeah, go ahead and do it. <laughs> and uh, is it? Because, I, I do a lot of speaking as well, but I, you know, it's a very personal story with a lot of emotion in it, and I just felt that uh, it it was worth it for me to do the work to to read it. It, it was challenging. They were right, um, but uh, to me, it was uh, it, it was really worth that. So, I think it almost had to come from you. I mean, I've listened to some trailers and stuff that you've done on your YouTube channels and it really kind of i think it helps you come to peace with it as well you know some because you write about it you live through it again and then you look at how you know you analyze it using your chapters and the the themes the action steps for other people that can use it who are maybe going through those times just now but i think also saying it out loud releases that energy out I don't know again. Actually, and so the the entire process of writing the book and doing the voiceover and all that, you're a hundred percent right. Like, um, there was a lot of things like delving up the memories and like tying together some of the connections of like the choices that I made and me just going, oh wow, aha, of course that's why I did this, this, and this. Like, <laughs> you know, in the later in the later half of the book, when I when I founded the business, I. I, I left my wife. I left my career. I retired from powerlifting. Like I'm like, I didn't realize that every one of those at that time was fully connected. You know, um, that I was shedding things and pairing things uh, uh, in a manner that was appropriate for me to to realize the vision that I have. And uh, there were some things that didn't align. And uh, now I'm, by the way, uh, in, uh, remarried and uh, very very happy. And uh, uh, you know, so. shoring up all those all those components of my uh of my life and uh but it was interesting like it was uh it was a challenging process mentally to walk through it with with the history that i've had and uh um you know that's that's all i can say to it like once you read the book you'll understand why there's obviously a lot of stuff to uh to process and unpack over the course of a life with with that amount of scope in it, and uh, I think it was a it was a good thing for me to do personally, without a doubt. Yeah, because I mean, there was parts where I was trying to relate 
how I could, how I would just deal with that alone. You know, I was kind of thinking, how would that affected me? And I was relating it to my own, like what happened, and you know, when I was bullied in primary school, when like what I thought were bad and negative events, or what I've known other people, and I think, how can somebody come back from this? And that's the true message from it is it doesn't matter what happens you can reinvent yourself you can come back you've got that personal strength within you i mean i'd like to cover some of the kind of takeaways i just noticed even just for like say from the first yeah sure i mean it's there's so many amazing areas and stories and tips and that that i would love to go into but i think we'd be here for about eight (laughs) hours but yeah but, I mean, just to give kind of people the flavour, for example, you know, you mentioned how you grew up in a very isolated area, you know, that you kind of lived off the land. Um, do you think that helped you develop the inner strength that you use now, that you had to rely on yourself, that you had to find and forage and, you know, do the rattlesnakes? stakes? Did that make you, did that let you develop that inner strength? Do we all have that within us? And we just don't know how to. Tap I think into we it. all have it in us, and I, I and I, I think it's an important thing to understand because people sometimes, when they read it and then see the crazy things that I've done and accomplished in my life, they're like, "Well, of course it is, because you, you went through this stuff, and it's tied to that." And uh, yeah, maybe there's there's a tie in there, but you don't have to, like, you know, have that life of like everything is based on your actions and. So it's just a matter of, of, of choices. So you don't have to be, go through trauma to accomplish or do, you know, crazy, crazy things. And I say crazy in a good way. Um, but uh, it, you don't have to have that, that history. But without a doubt, I mean, I think that there's, it, it, it's had an impact on me, right? Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, relate this to training. Um, so, you know, if we, if we stress ourselves too much, everybody's got a different, you know, capacity for response, right? And uh, if we continue to just drive that stress over and over and over again um, without an opportunity for recovery, that's when stressors became detrimental. Now, without those uh, adaptations, we don't really grow as human beings, which to me is Okay, so if we're not challenging ourselves, we're literally dying. Um, just like if we don't train or phys- are physically active, we're atrophying the process of dying, right? So that's why we should always be seeking challenges for ourselves. Um, so we're talking, but we're talking the difference between trauma and challenge. And so I don't think that we have to have trauma, but you should never be in a position that you're not challenging yourself. So I relate this to like maybe maybe 40 years ago, you were a war hero. And then something happens, you know, there's an accident in front of you that takes like that hero mentality to jump in. And maybe you don't have it anymore. Right? Maybe you just don't have that. Why don't you have that? Well, 40 years has passed. And maybe you've become soft. Maybe you've become soft mentally, you know, just like you can become soft physically. So just because you have something at one time, doesn't mean it's always with you. So we need to always be exploring what our limits are. And the only way that we can explore our limits is through taking on those challenges. And I'm, I'm getting a little off track here, uh, Ian, from your original question, but it, it's still tied to the same concepts because this is why we need to seek those things in our life. Like when we, 
you feel like that your gut kind of twisting up in you because you've got, you know, some sort of, you know, that if you have a certain confrontation with a friend or a family member or a boss uh, or a coworker or whatever it is, it's twisted in your gut and you just want to avoid it. You're like, I just don't want to go there. That's the signal for you that this is an opportunity, an opportunity for growth. This is an obstacle in front of you. How can I take this on and come out the other side, right? And it's things like that that are going to make you stronger, better version of yourself instead of the avoidance factor. So I use that like is a is a is a piece is like I call it the gut check, but it's literally like listening to the, your gut and it can tell you like this is something I could go after. Just like you've got an opportunity in front of you. If it's not like, you know, maybe it's not a difficult conversation. Let's say it's, you know, a business opportunity or a, a new job offer or something like that. If it doesn't like give you some level of anxiety, make that, you know, that, that, that stomach twist a little bit, like, is it really worth it? You know, is it something that really excites you? You know, there should be some level of being scared, um, that you've got to take on. So you've got to practice. I call it the practice of living in fear. Like you've got to have these moments and times in your life. And if you don't, I think that you will get soft. You'll be that hero that is no longer a hero uh, when the opportunity, you know, comes up in front of you because you're out of practice of facing fears, of challenging yourself, and of uh, uh, of overcoming adversity. And so, and there's always those opportunities in our in, in our life, and they could be small, they can be big, but it's like that should be our driver. Okay. I think I veered completely off of your question. So if you want, no, I mean I love that. I mean it's well, like when I interviewed Mark uh, Mark Bell, who you know well. Yep. You know he kind of said like I, I love this because I don't get a chance to talk about this. You know because everybody wants to ask him just powerlifting questions, and I love like speaking to you guys because you're so you've built amazing businesses. You've you know that you have created like amazing bodies, but you've also created like a brand that attracts people and it changes lives and you know you have accomplished so many amazing goals and it's that's for me what I want to find out about it's the person behind that that creates these sort of things and that's why I always smile when I, when people do go off in tangents because I can see them linking things and building pathways and I go oh, perfect mm-hmm. you know because I love I hate asking you know why did you do the book how do I read it? You know, like yep. the same kind of questions you'll get 24 seven because I find them boring, you know, when you can just change the name at the top and it's the same answers over yep. and over yep. again, you know, so feel free to go on as many times as you, as you want. But did you, cause you know, you mentioned in your book, how your parents kind of lived off the land and uh, like your mom and Pat, you know, and you said how that they refused charity and things like that. And you mentioned there about goals, and you know I definitely agree. If you're not scared of your goals, even a wee bit, they're not big enough. But was that the inspiration back then that you wouldn't accept charity? Did that philosophy kind of do you think it got embedded in you that you wanted to always push for it, always keep going and try and achieve it yourself? That you didn't want your goals just to be handed to you; that you had to earn them and grind them out each time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it was a choice though, uh, so much as that was just the life that I live. Like, you know, when I was going to college, you know, if, 
if things didn't work out, if I wasn't able to also come up with the rent payment or put food on the table, there was no one to call home. If I got, if I called home, I'd be sending money home. Uh, <laughs> so it was, I, I've never, I did like that, but <laughs> it's the way it was. I go, if I, if I, if I went home and crashed on the couch, I'd wake up in the morning with less money in my pocket. So, uh, cause it'd be snuck out for uh, <laughs> alcohol or drugs. <laughs> but, uh, but, there was never i i've never ha- had a fallback plan uh, uh, like you know there's just there's literally no couch to actually go you know crash on or you know bed at home or um you know that if things don't work out i got i got i, I don't have any other resource but myself I have no other option but to make it work and uh, not only that but I have to do it for others as well. You know, I was working when I was in high school, going to school, doing sports, and going and working in the evening to help put food on the table for the family. You know, in college, I ended up taking custody of my sisters just to get them out of that environment. And, you know, in retrospect, uh, it was probably, and I talk about, uh, you know, the depression issues that I've faced most of my life uh, in the book as well. I, I think there's a certain aspect of me actually always having people that are responsible that I'm responsible for taking care of as a selfish means of like ensuring that I don't go down that dark path too far. Um, because if I do, it's not me failing or disappearing from the world. It's I, you know, there's, you know, what happens to my kids, my sisters, my, what, you know, like it's, it's something that I've always had, uh, a responsibility there, and maybe it's been a selfish reason of self protect, self preservation. I don't know, because um. that's what I noticed in the book was a lot of times you were the the breadwinner, you were the parent, you were the kind of the person who went and got the resources that were needed and that sort of thing. And I always admired the way that you kind of you know you took on your sisters when they needed the help. You helped your parents when they needed the help. You know, there was that kind of thing of you didn't look at it as, well, you know, I need to do this. I need to do my personal stuff. You kind of went, okay, this is what I need to do now. Exactly. Make this exactly. Work? It's the people like, how do you arrive at that decision? I'm like, that what, there was no, like, that's what had to be done. Like, what am I not supposed to take care of them? Like, you know, um, so to me, it's like, there is no other option. There was no question or decision making you know, in that, uh, in that process. So in like the embracing the fear section, you know, you, you talked about, um, like, like the fact you basically played with rattlesnakes and, you know, I think we kind of talked about that is like a lot of people have too many fallback positions, you know, with their goals, they can kind of go out and give it a bit of a try and then they can go home and say, yeah, I gave it a try, but it really wasn't for me. And people give them a pat on the back. But you didn't have anything to do that. You didn't have somebody who could give you financial support. You didn't have the additional, you know, somebody that was going to, a knight to ride in and help you out. You made it work because you had to. How can we mimic that in our cushy sort of modern living? Because too many men are sitting listening to this going, I'm tough, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, strength, I'm strong. But they crumble at the first sign of weakness. You know, apart from going out and catching rattlesnakes, 
how can we start embracing the fear? How can we start living and really embracing fear and using it to, you know, reinvent ourselves and get better and become stronger men or women? So, um, I, I think it's just the the small practice steps, the small steps of of practice. You know, every one of those opportunities in your life um, to, like I said, that. And you get that that feeling, that gut wrench, and really going. This is what I need to go after. It could be a project at work, it could be a new job, it could be a relationship, uh, it could be opening a relationship. Like I want to talk to that, you know, that that girl or that guy. Uh, I keep thinking about it, but like these are all opportunities to practice. Just step up to the plate, and then as you practice it, it becomes second nature, right? And that 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 fear starts dissipating, and you start moving to the next level. You know, it's like a thousand pound squat you know if you if you let that fear override you and you step under that bar and nothing that you can think about during that time is how you're going to get crushed you are going to get crushed so you've got to have that level of anxiety but you've got to have the practice and the practice comes from just getting out there and doing it um, of acclimating to managing and working with that fear and being able to set it aside when it comes time for the action, right? And uh, because w when it comes to taking those steps, you can't be paralyzed by fear. You actually got to be in the moment and living it, right? Your fear is your guide to like what you what you want to take on, but you've got to you've got to start acclimating to that. That's why it's a practice of living in it, so that you can become comfortable. Because you never know what Wednesday is going to roll along and you're going to get sideswiped by something crazy in your life that you never anticipated and you're going to get paralyzed. You're not going to be able to, to, to respond appropriately. You're going to be frozen in fear, frozen in action instead of like, ah, I'm used to this world. I can feel, the, I can feel, you know, I can feel that anxiety. I can feel that fear. But it's, it's time to take one step and put it in front of the, fr front of the other, you know. And uh, so you just got to start with small things. So it's just like strength training. You don't walk into the gym one day and go, oh, I want to squat 500 pounds. Let's put it on the bar and do it. No. You start with 135. You spend some time doing that. Okay. Ah, two plates. It's a little scary. Well, let's go to 185. Okay. I'm a little scared, but let's do this. Okay. Next trans cycle, we're up to 225. Next three years, you know, we're up to, up to four plates, you know. It's it's the same thing. You can't just dive in and destroy yourself. But if you just sit there staring at the bar, you're gonna get you're gonna ten years is gonna go by, and that two plates is gonna crush you to the ground, right? So, so you've got to build. Be nice if you you've got to build you got to build gym. resilience, and you build resilience through your actions. So. Um, so that's my super secret sauce is just start taking action on the little things that kind of scare you. Um, and they're going to move the dial. Okay. And now let's get more comfortable. Let's start taking the bigger step, bigger step. Okay. Um, you know, we see this all the time with, uh, the entrepreneur, right? The person that says they're an entrepreneur, they've got this grand business plan and, uh, you know, it's because I, I want to be rich and famous. I'm going to, I've got this, I need to come up with a brilliant idea. This is what I'm going to do or I'm buying into this business option. But they never really get after it. 
they got the you know they got their job waiting tables at the Olive Garden too you know, and three years rolls by and they're still waiting tables. But no, no, they're an entrepreneur. <coughs> no, you're not an entrepreneur. <laughs> you're a entrepreneur. Like this is because you're not like ready. But you're you're probably also not ready to just quit your job and dive in. But what are the steps that you can get there so that in six months you're ready to freaking do that and step on and actually start moving forward with what you want to accomplish in life. Now, I'm going to go on a tangent here for a second, Ian, on the whole entrepreneur, entrepreneur thing because of so much out there. And some of the messages in my book might get misinterpreted by people in that in that groundwork because it kind of some of the messaging is very close to what we see with the people promoting uh, what's called the uh, 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 gosh darn it I can't think of the term right now I'll skip over that the term um, but the people that are out there uh, the hustle porn that's what it's termed the hustle porn like you got to be in the grind you got to be chasing your goal blah 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 and uh, uh, 24-7 and the, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's telling you it's it's okay to be there. It's okay, you know, to be grinding it for 10 years and not making it cuz you're going to you're going to do it, you know, you're you're you got the hustle, you got the grind. Well, this is where, you know, in the later part of the book, I really start diving into understanding how to understand what your values are because that sort of life they don't what those people don't tell you is it's incredibly demanding, right? There is a lot you've got to give. If somebody walks up to you and says, with no experience, says, I want to be a business owner, you should tell them no. No, you don't. <laughs> like, what? You, you don't know what you're getting in for. It's going to be a whole lot of work. And, uh, and you know, not much, you know, the, the effort that you're going to have to put in, the sacrifices that you're going to have to make to get there. And uh, maybe your idea is crap. And you're going to, you're going to sacrifice for years and years and years and never move anywhere, right? So, and that may happen. And it may take a long time. And I talk about this, you know, in creating visions, understanding like the year over year, just minor movements forward. So the only thing that is really worth that hustle, that grind, is if whatever you believe in, whatever you're trying to make, isn't just about making money, it, that it aligns with the values you want to live by. And this is something, and people don't, they, they get attracted. I want the, you know, uh, again, the hustle porn people always love to show you, like, getting on their own airplane or jumping in their Lambo and, like, don't be afraid of, you know, wanting physical things. Just get after it. And I'm like, that's fine. That's fine to want physical things. Again, I don't preach morality. Understand there is some value behind what that object represents to you. Understand what that is. And then understand, okay, what you want from that. And I, I think that the, 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 the analogy I use in the book is around, you know, the fancy car and fancy house. You know, just think down the path. If that's what you want, that's fine. Maybe it's, Maybe it's the show off to your, you know, to to your, to, you know, the people that you went to high school with or whatever. But really dive deeper. Ask yourself why, because you could make the wrong choices to get there too. So, and and by that I mean maybe those things. For my example is maybe those things mean to you security. I've reached a point in my life where I have, 
uh, and I use that because security is an important thing for me, given my background, right? But if I don't understand that, I can over leverage myself to get those things and then actually destroy what I'm actually valuing because now I'm hamstrung with, you know, payments on things that were, you know, supposed to show me security, but I over leveraged myself so I could have those physical things that represented it. But now my payments I'm barely making, right? And I'm struggling to get by uh, because it, and I'm in an insecure position. So it, it's really, you've got to dive deeper. Why, why, why? And then once you get there and understand your values, then you can start establishing those goals. And then your idea, your whatever it is you're chasing, if you got to do the grind for 10, 15 years, it's worth it. Because that is you. That is your life. Okay? That's what you want to realize. Not just make some money. Right? <laughs> And have a Lambo. I, I can and have a Lambo. I can post on Instagram, right? Um, because if you get there and and that's it, you're going to still feel hollow and empty, and you know, live a life that is not fulfilled. And so that's where I want people to dig deeper and also just not chase that, like the hustle and grind are not worth it just to just to do it, just to be chasing that 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 dollar, just to be chasing that money, and. Uh, so, so it's, it's really important to understand these deeper things, and that's what I'm really trying to challenge people to, to do. Well, now it's a great time to take a quick break, and I just want to give you a quick note about the affiliate schemes I've set up. I've set up some awesome deals with some amazing companies. If you go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates or click on um, affiliate deals in the blue ribbon at the top of the website homepage, you can go straight to my affiliate wonderland. There are so many special offers, listener-exclusive deals, and discount codes available here. There really is something for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're buying for yourself, a special occasion, or that special someone in your life. You can find whatever you need here. There's a lot of interesting companies and inspiring products that you might not have seen before. There's Onnit, Amazon, MeAndies, Barbell Apparel, Dollar Shave Club, and so many more. There's companies that help with dating, with sporting equipment, with tactical gear, with outdoor equipment, gadgets, XXX stuff, and so much more. If you need it, it's there, and stuff you might not even knew you needed, you can find there as well. Simply go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. That's www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates and enjoy and if you're on the site itself you can find a link to this in the show notes or go to the affiliate sales in the blue ribbon at the top of the homepage. please note i do not receive any information on you or your purchases or any data at all all i receive is a small commission from the business as a thank you for sending you to shop with them this is done by the company itself it doesn't affect the price that you pay but it helps me develop and expand the podcast so I'm extremely thankful for you taking the time to spend your money via my links. You're helping me make this podcast better and better each week and becoming a better person by running this podcast. And I hope you enjoy the stuff at cheaper prices. If you're on the website post, click on the graphic below. Go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates or simply click affiliate deals in the blue banner at the top to enjoy. Now, let's get back to the interview. Cheers. I completely agree. I absolutely love that because when I started, I just wanted a blog because everybody else had one. But then I started wanting to better my life. But I had friends who 
started businesses and they quickly gave up because they wanted to have all the material stuff, the flashy stuff, but none of them actually wanted to put the grind in. Like, I'm working in a normal job, come here, prep, do an interview till like 2, 3 in the morning, go out to work, do jiu-jitsu, come, you know. No one wants to hear that side of it. No one wants to hear the proper grind or do that work. They want the success at the end of it, but they don't want to put that effort in. And I think that's where a lot of guys are going wrong. We've forgotten to enjoy the journey. Yep. The actual challenges. Exactly. To enjoy the challenges on the way. And it's also the difference that separates a dream from a vision, uh, which I think is really critical and why I, I hate and, you know, I don't know about the uh, the European education system, but I, I remember when I was growing up, people would always, teachers always told you got to be a dreamer. you got to dream big. You're never going to, you know, like, there's no reason not to dream to be an astronaut or the president or whatever. And uh, as I started getting older, I had friends that were dreamers. They're still dreamers. They've never, and they've never gone anywhere because they just dreamed about that end goal that you're talking about. And a vision is something different. A vision is that end goal, but recognizing how long it's going to get there, all the steps, the maybe years of like inactivity of like putting in the work and only moving a couple steps forward and like what has to be done, like all the work and every step that actually has to get there so that you can be in the Super Bowl with your, your, your getting your Super Bowl ring, right? That's a lot of shit that you've got to do and you've got to be working your ass off from the time you're a kid to get there. Okay, dreaming about it, being a dreamer, and showing up for practice in a few games is never going to get you there. And uh, and I, I I just hate that. Like, be a dreamer. Like, well, dreamer, <laughs> you fucking dream all the hell you want. You got to have a vision, and you got to be able to take action consistently and regularly. And and to pull that off, this has to mean something to you big. Because otherwise, you're not going to have the, the discipline to follow through. Well, I mean, I, I mean, when I just look at it, like, just from running this podcast, for example, you know, it's like setting up interviews, emailing guests, sending out prospective emails, then it's like prepping hours and hours for each guest, then it's put editing, putting the stuff out. I can't imagine the amount that's involved in, like, Kabuki Strength or running Microsoft or, you know, that's on a completely another level, and it's, it's annoying to see these people who come and expect success just because we've got the option to create a podcast, our website, where that's what I love about the book is you've shown that it doesn't matter where you come from. If you ignore the bullshit, if you ignore what other people's net, like you mentioned about, you didn't like let negative perceptions of your school friends define who you were. You let your actions and your goals define it. You know, you focus solely on what you needed to achieve, what the end results had to be. And that's what I loved about it was how many of those guys listening that you're talking about who are sitting there going, yeah, but I'm still able to do that. Oh, I could change a business if I really wanted to. You know, they've got 50, 60 ideas, mm -hmm. but they're not going to go anywhere. You know, how how do people stop caring what others think then? You know, how like the guy that's sitting in the pub listening to this going, I want to change. But every time they do, it's like the crabs in the bucket. Their mates pull them back in and say, no, no, that's not for you. Because it means they then have to go and think about their own pitiful well, existence. Well, the, the, most, the most important thing to success in life, in business, in any aspect of it, uh, isn't some brilliant product idea. It isn't some 
brilliant business plan. It isn't some incredible software system that's going to give you the results. What it is, is people. It's relationships that you build. It's the people that you put around yourself. Okay? And there's a certain aspect of surrounding yourself with the right people, right? And you see this consistently. People that are successful have successful people around themselves. And it doesn't mean cutting ties with your friends that aren't successful, but it means the ones that are having a negative impact, the ones that are always the negative Nelly or the, you know, they, they you know. We all know them. <laughs> those relationships you need to pair and change to and find the right people. And that's like the success of my business. I talked about I spent this last year working on my book and training and, and being with my family because I have an incredible team that's drawn to the values that we have in this organization. And uh, we don't recruit. People, you know, we, we have people that want to be part of this coming here and uh, to me, that is the most successful thing. And that's what's going to create an incredible enterprise is having a group of like-minded people. And uh, people love to bash on millennials. And uh, my entire, nearly my entire company is staffed with uh, 22 to 32-year-olds right now. And they are the hardest working people that, I've, that the best team I've ever been surrounded by. Because they're the ones of it that actually... They care about what we're doing, and they'll work above and beyond day and night. And so having the right people in your life and those relationships will make everything, your personal life, your business life, your friendships, are those things you need people that are going to be supportive. They may be negative at times if they're calling you out on your actions. Understand the differentiation because we don't want to fill ourselves with yes-men around ourselves, Okay. But there's a definite difference between a yes man and somebody that is shitting on your, 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 your dreams or your work because it, it's a reflection on what they're not doing with their life. Okay? And, and so understanding that the most that you can accomplish in your life is from the relationships that you have with people and the most that value that you can get in life as far as like fulfillment, success, enjoyment, like all these things are going to be, at the end of the day, it's not how much cash you've got in the bank. It's the people around you. This is what you need to invest in more than anything else. So investing in developing those relationships and making sure those relationships are the right ones and pairing out those that are going to be negative, that are detrimental to that. It's, it's, it's like a must. If you, really, if you really want to drive forward, there's stuff that you have to do. And that's, you know, you know I talked about, you know, uh, getting divorced and remarried. Same thing for me. Like, I needed to have those things at home as well and not have something that was holding me back. And that required tremendous change on my part with potential negative impact on my, on my children, turned out not being so we were able to manage that appropriately. But I, I needed to do that in all aspects of my life. And, uh, and, 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 and I tell you, the difference is astounding. So, um, but, uh, 
Could you sort of touch on that in the book, where you talk about, you know, like your time with your grandparents was great because it gave you a chance to to absorb what happened and change. And then I think it was the time when you gone back to Lapine for the second time. You talked about making some really strong friendships and stuff. So how do you identify these people that you were talking about? You know, how do you know that the guys that you're picking for your team are the best for you? You know, that they're going to help your mission, your brand. How, you know, what do you see in a person? Because I think with your story, you're very great at picking people who matter, who, like, you, you seem to have a very analytical kind of approach and you really kind of understand humans and, you know, you go out your way to help people, but you definitely kind of judge people's characters and stuff, you know, in a good way, I mean. You mm-hmm. know, you kind of understand where their real emotions, their real, like, their the real desires are. What do you look for in somebody like that? Um, I'm not sure that I can tell you, Ian, because uh, that's a, it's a very personal thing based on, again, on, like, where you are as a person, what your, you know, those values and goals and... So that would almost be down the path of me, like telling you what you should be or telling you what your, your morality should be or how you should live your life or any of those things. Cause it is going to be different, right? It's going to be different based on those things. So I think having a good understanding of who you yourself are and spending the time on that inner work is going to help you be able to see that in others a little bit better. And, and I make mistakes. Um, and, uh, so um, and, I, and I think I talk about uh, some of those in, in, in the book as well. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, and it's okay to make mistakes, but you, we've got we've to kind of correct those and, and, and move forward. So I'm not sure that I have really some, some you know, fantastic uh, advice in that manner other than really understanding yourself uh, a little better and doing that inner work. And I think that's going to give you a better outward perspective. Because that's the thing. it's really difficult. When I first started reading the book, I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about that, that, and that. And then I started thinking, but the overall message of the book is this. And it's difficult for me not to talk about the overarching themes because they're, they're brilliant and it's really motivating and it's inspiring and it helped me view things differently just in my own life and how I can relate to other people I've interviewed now and understand what they were saying better. But I also want to go like really deep into this because <laughs> there's so much from this book. I mean, what would you say is the overarching theme? Would you still say it's on the reinvention of yourself that you can achieve what you want? Is there, you know, how do you want people to see you as a person after reading this book? You know, is this, were you worried about how people might react to like what you were saying in the book? So, Um... I, it, uh, it it was difficult to write it knowing that all this was going to go into, you know, the public forum, right? Because especially talking about my issues with depression, um, past alcohol issues, um, you know, some of the things I've been through. And uh, so, you know, that was definitely there. But, um, you know, at the at the end of the day, I wanted people to see also my strength in being able to share those stories and share those things because I want to because I want to help them in a fashion, right? 
And uh, so the biggest themes for me in the book is a matter of just the, the piece around self-actualization. You get to decide who you are as a person. Okay? And, and, and then you realize that through your actions. You can become whoever you want to be. So we can cover that in the reinvention aspect, but it really is just a matter of, of deciding who you're going to be and just setting out and executing and becoming that version of yourself, right? And uh, so that's, that's probably the biggest overarching theme, and the other is just the, you know, the, you know, the story around strength, that you know, strength is, should be additive, but it's something that has to be developed, and we must challenge ourselves and continually move forward. Um, so those are, those are the biggest messages, and they're really basic messages. I'm not throwing out any epiphanies or something that anybody's going to go, uh, yeah, uh, that's, I, should, I already know that. But uh, the way um, that it's articulated, I think, will help people get there. Because that's what I really liked about the book. It wasn't preachy. It wasn't like, this is the only way to go, but you showed how you really developed yourself as a person. I mean, I liked the part where you mentioned about using adversity to power your development, how you talked about being a nerdy kid who used fitness to counterbalance that belief. You know, and everybody that knows you from powerlifting looks at you and goes, fuck, you know, like the guy's a beast. I've never kind of, like, overstep or, you know. Do you still see yourself in that kind of as a nerdy person, as that boy who was catching rattlesnakes and stuff like that, has this kind of allowed you to deal with some internal demons, looked at your relationship with your parents in a more positive light, or made you accept that period? You know, how have you kind of used this? Is it is it almost like like um, a kind of a healing process, a kind of way of putting this the chapter to bed to then let you reach the next level? Sorry, excuse me, ignore the pun. <laughs> but the next level of your development, I really struggle to say it. Cause I want, I always say it to people, and I think, no, no, don't mention your body <laughs> podcast. You know, so, so yeah, I think the the biggest like you know like epiphany for myself in writing the book was, you know, my mother's goal all those years was to be able to create a life for herself disconnected from society, to not just to be living off grid, having her own deal and not part of this world that the rest of us interact with. Right. Um, and, uh, and really just not being bound by the rules, like not in a negative way, but like, you know, here's my own set of morality. Here's my own set of like what I believe. And I, I don't want to live in this world where everything is, you know, controlled and rules and all this. And, uh, uh, it was realizing, um, you know, how much of myself was in that because, uh, like I'm reflecting back to, to high school and, uh, and I received this award from the, uh, uh, whatever fraction of the army, I don't remember, but they gave me this big award for, uh, uh being, uh, the student athlete. And, uh, they were trying to recruit me, you know, I was the best athlete and nerd, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, 
my mom was saying to me, she's, you know, cause they were trying to recruit me. She's like, you would not do well in the army. And I was like, well, why is that mom? Like I, you know, I'm just thinking into my, you know, my, my own thinking to myself at the time, you know, like I follow rules really well. I'm really very like, you know, I perform really well in school and sports and all this sort of stuff. And uh, I didn't really see that in myself at the time. And now, you know, reflecting back on my life, I look at it and I'm like, wow, I was really, really stubborn. Like, you know, like the getting hired by the unethical guy that want, you know, the, that owned the aerospace company, um, that he wanted me to do all sorts of stuff. And I literally got him fired and barred from his own company. And then I fixed it <laughs> under my rule. Like, I'm like, that doesn't, I do not agree with, uh, what you're doing. This is highly immoral and <laughs> illegal. And I want no part of this and you're going to go goodbye and I'm going to fix this the right way. Uh, I'm like, who don't, you know, I'm like that, that's not normal. <laughs> and it's amazing. You see what you want to see about yeah. yourself, don't you? you you'd ignore it all. So, the so then I, I, I realized you know, like that's literally like, so when I talked about, you know, retiring from powerlifting, making changes in my personal life, starting this company, I'm like, Oh, at the end of the day, I was trying to do the same thing. My mom was like, I don't want to be bound by other people's, rules and schedules and all these things that I've been working within for all this time. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, you know, I was after the same thing. I, I got there a completely different way. I don't live an off grid, you know, I don't live any off grid lifestyle, but you know, I come, I, I come and go as I please and, you know, build the framework, you know, the framework of my life is what it is. Not somebody like, well, our schedule is seven to five and this is what you need to do. You know, like it's, everything is literally on my terms and I quit powerlifting after 16 years. Same thing. I still do train. I still compete in a fashion through my, uh, uh, fundraisers and stuff like that, but everything is completely on my schedule, on my rules, on my terms. And so I literally divested myself from all these things at one point in my life not even realizing like the background influence that my mother had on me uh, in that manner that, you know, I'm, I, I am just the same stubborn ob- obstinate person that doesn't want to be bound by other people's, you know, uh, what other people's, you know, want to see. It's not always a bad thing. I mean, I love that realization that you had, you know I mean? Like I would be reading the book and I'd be seeing, myself at a different level but i would understand where you were coming from and kind of adapt and go oh that makes sense now when i think back to my situation but there's also like the way everything is kind of knitted together in your story because there's a theme where you mention about i think it's select your strength yeah or find yep. your um touches on like you know but i think oh that's a great and then i started looking where you talked about your wrestling where you found three moves that worked for you and you focused on them and you made them perfect rather than quantity of moves. You went for quality and you did a, a sort of brilliant reaction to that. You know, and I, it's kind of like, as I noticed, you select your strengths where you talked about, you know, the time that you were um, basking tables. So you put a framework in to work the restaurant better. 
you use protocols to, and procedures to work out how to run it better, more efficient. So you used your strengths to kind of, and you see it all these little kind of patterns and things. And that's what I loved about the book was there's little snippets and gold to that you could open it anywhere and adapt, use that and adapt it to your own life. But did this help you realize anything else about you as a person? Did it make you kind of figure out something? Did it change a deep withheld belief that you've you've always held? Did it make you appreciate a strength that you've maybe never really thought about or considered before? Um, I I think uh, the the biggest one in there um, down that line is I've always found my strengths to be, uh, you know, on the intellectual front, like the you know the ability to handle a lot of different things and see a lot of different connections. And you see that in the in the work that I do in the the uh, the rehabilitation world and the blend of different philosophies uh, from different uh, different schools of uh, of medicine uh, that we well not medicine but different schools of uh, literally different schools of rehabilitation processes or uh, movement um, things like that right but what I what I I didn't realize the skill that I had in basically building relationships, building the network of, 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 uh, people. Um, so, you know, it's just sitting there and I'm realizing, you know, Hey, my, my company performs incredibly well because of the, the philosophy around education, which, you know, my education team is really fleshed out, but conceptually that was what I came up with. Um, you know, I've got an engineering staff that, you know, finalizes all my designs and does all that stuff. But all of our designs, like we have these really innovative stuff. I'm like, this is what's driven Kabuki to be successful. And uh, I started thinking about it in the process of the book. And I realized, I'm like, no, actually, I think the success is the validation because of the relationships that I have developed. I didn't even realize that I did it on purpose and that the impact that it would have like I'm like oh so yeah I'm personal friends with the best spine biomechanist in the world and the best physical most well-known physical therapist in the world and the you know the the list goes on and on like down that front like it's like oh like wow I've got an incredible network of people of you know, in all these different environments, like you, you talk to a normal strength person and they don't even have interactions with like the, the researchers and clinicians that I do. Right. Or, you know, in different other different feet, like, or people on the research front don't have the interactions with, I'm like, Oh, well let's talk to the head coach of, you know, so-and-so or the bio, you know, let's get into the biomechanics lab at the LA Dodgers. Or, you know, it's like, I, I didn't realize that I was a relationship person because I viewed myself as an introvert growing up. Like I was a very quiet and secluded individual just because of the environment that I had. Right. And I think in the last few years yeah. I finally came to terms with, okay, maybe that's not the case. Maybe I'm not an introvert. Um, even though I still, you know, get really drained from, you know, conversations and interactions and people like, like it's not, it doesn't build me up. It, you know, is a draining thing for me, but there's something about, like how I interact with people and building these like incredible relationships, you know, um, uh, you know, I was sitting there, this is kind of a funny story, but, uh, maybe it was, uh, we've, we've got a, well, prior to the book release, right. 
I'm like, well, you know, I, uh, I'm like, who, who would be like the coolest Pearson ever to have my book and read it? And I don't know if he's, he has it yet, but, uh, but I'm like, God, it would probably be the rock. He's the most famous person in the world. According to Instagram, he lifts weights. He's a movie producer, like, and an actor. I'm like, who knows where that could go, right? So I'm joking about it with my wife, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get in the Rock's inner circle. This is six months ago. Three months ago, by three months ago, uh, uh, I've got a connection with his trainer. The Rock, if you go on his, you can go, actually, he was on uh, got what uh, ESPN last night, and he was lifting with one of our bars. He's got three bars in all, all his, every one of his home gym locations, and he has them shipped to wherever he trains at. Um, his cousin and his stunt awesome. double uses our product, and he just like did a review on my, uh, on my book on his Instagram page and threw, threw it up in his bio for the couple weeks, a link to the book on Amazon. Like, I'm literally, within a matter of months, I'm connected within the Rock's inner circle, and I had no relationship to it before. Like, I'm like, oh, how did it, like, like the ability to to do that, to be able to reach one person, the next person and kind of build and foster those real relationships, not connections, but real relationships. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was, that was a, that was a realization for me in this last year of writing the book that that may be my most powerful trait. (laughs) And I had no clue about it before. And it doesn't, it didn't fit my view of my own personality up until more recent years. Because, like, whenever I've seen you before or in other interviews and stuff, you always seem to have that way of connecting with people, of going deep in that. And that's where I, I always find it strange when I was reading the book where you were on about, like, you would just pick up your books and go straight yep. to the next class at yep. school. You didn't know how to deal with people. You know, and I kind of re- I was reading that and I was thinking... Like, I used to always be that person that had to put on the show. You know, I was kind of, I might be shitting myself inside, but I maybe have to speak to somebody because I couldn't, I, it was so awkward, you know. I had to try to make it, really make an effort to make friendships and that. And to see that side of you is what I was like, this is amazing, you know. And it's to see how you can come through that to creating a business that, you know, like, that makes thousands of gym goers better that's in like some of the biggest names in the fitness industry and movies are using your products you've created a line of amazing feats you know to see you doing that it's so inspiring i mean I, yeah, you, you can ask like, anybody in high school I to do that i went to high school with like do you remember chris and they'll know me now because everybody knows me right but they're like i didn't know him then he was just the quiet kid that never said a word like that was that's that's they literally didn't know me like because i was just i was just uh, uh damn near a mute you know like i i had a few couple friends that i interacted with and that was it and have any of them kind of approached you since the book launch have they come and kind of made peace or you know is there have they any of them resolved anything or is anybody from like the places you've grown up got in touch and kind of maybe kind of not settled a score but kind of just help like you know kind of 
close a wound. Yeah, or, I, I, I don't know that you know, there's. Kind of I don't know that there's any bad blood or wounds that need closed, but uh, there was a there was a Maybe there was a family a that I uh, lived in the mountains with um, uh, for a number of years, and uh, we homesteaded together. Um, and I reconnected with them, and actually, uh, me and my wife and uh, all my kids. I've got three kids, by the way. Um, uh, all went down with their entire family and went to Disneyland for uh, for a week together, and that was really cool. Like it's literally like all these people. You know, one's a police officer, another's a home builder, and like you know. But we were we we were this you know hippie family living in the woods in Northern California, like you know, forty years ago, <laughs> and uh, uh, so that was uh, that was really kind of an interesting experience. So. Well, that was going to be something I was just going to bring up was you, at that point you mentioned in the book where you are le- the legal guardian for your three I was, sisters. was, yeah. Not anymore. But, and, yeah. I mean, that is a phenomenal thing to do. I mean, I've got an older brother, younger sister, and the thought of my brother looking after me, knowing him now, <laughs> is terrifying. I can't imagine, you know, at, at that age, it'd be just shocking. Well, I, 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 I definitely have an interesting I relationship could, with my sister, so it's because I am... Their brother, but also like a father figure as well. You know, I walk them down the aisle for getting married, that sort of stuff. But it's like we've got uh, a very unique relationship, and uh, that I that I value a lot. So, so how did that shape you for your own becoming a father? You know, and did it change your? Did you understand maybe something that your parents did that made sense then? Did you kind of? Did it tie you up a relationship? Something that you did with your sisters that you kind of it made sense to you by what, something you went through with your own kids? Do you think it's made you a better parent? You know, how was it sort of adapted? How you view the world, parenting, and that yeah. now that you've become a you father? know, it, it, it's a, we could spend uh, quite a bit of time, I think, on this concept um, because I, I think that's I'm trying to keep the general. But. I think that's an interesting. <laughs> thing that's going on in the world today is how we how we parent and uh in the impact that it's having um because we have so much available to us so many resources so little challenges um that that creates issues and uh i when i was raising my sisters it was much more of a hands-off approach like i challenged them to to be going out and doing the things like getting their GD, get a job, so on. Um, but it was they had to they had to become self sufficient on their own, right? And I didn't I didn't hand them success. I expected it of them, uh, and uh, and and I think that was a good thing, right? And it's something I'm trying to figure out today as I have my own kids yet again. Um, is you know how to how to give them the world but at the same time not give them the world right um because give them the, the keys to go and find I, it but not they give need it to, to them. they need to own and create that and I, and, and I did that with my three sisters but i need to it's different when you have your own kids right because you just uh, I, I don't know it's uh um because i don't want to see them I want to see them have everything. I want to see them have the things I didn't have. And uh, 
Um, so you know that is something I'm trying to trying to figure out because um, you know there's yeah they need to to they still need to drive and own it themselves and I you know trying to figure out how to make that happen is is something that will I think that'll be an ongoing process over the next uh, uh, next few years as they uh, as they get older. Well, I've just got a bit of a shock because I noticed that we're way over time, so I can only apologise for that. But something, I mean, apart from sort of the last couple of questions, something I was really keen was there, the motto of the book for me was, there is always more. Could you just give a little overview of that? You know, how could people listening to this use that as a general kind of call to action for their reinvention? You know, the guys are maybe in dark places just now who want to become yeah. more like you. How can we use there is always more? Thank you. Uh, thank you for pulling that out. That's also something we cover substantially in the, our seminar base, not on the, uh, not on the side that we're going to talk about here, um, but on the, uh, the movement uh, side of it. And, 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 you know, people, when you say that in regards to the training, they always think, well, you mean putting more weight on the bar? Like, no, that's not what we mean. It's, it's a matter of making sure, well, let's, let's first take a step back. So I talked earlier about, you know, pairing relationships and making sure that they're important and going to be the ones that move forward in life. Um, there's the same process that needs to really happen with everything that you do. Once you, this is why, again, getting back, I'll just freaking, you know, kill the same concepts over and over again. Understand your values, create your goals based on that, Right. Now, analyze your life and figure out what you're you doing that doesn't align with it, okay? Because anything that you're doing or moving forward on should be aligning with what it is and how you want to live. And so those actions must be done with intent, with purpose, there's a reason you're doing it. So don't be going through the motions of it. Always be seeking, how can I be better? And it doesn't mean, again, in the strength training world, putting more weight on the bar. Be, how can I be executing it better with more intent, with more purpose? Like, don't be just doing things to do them. Understand those reasons behind it and push. There's... You could always, always be better at what you're doing. The quality of it, the intent of it, the, the passion behind it, okay? Look at your relationship with your, with your partner. How can, I, how can I improve it? How can I be better? Don't just let it be something that is part of your life that is just like, oh, we just live it. Is that an important thing for you? There's always more. You can always be reaching deeper within yourself. Okay? So it's important when we, when we think down the concept of there's always more to also understand we've got to ditch shit in our life. Okay? Because you can't do that with everything that you're doing. So first is making sure that we're dropping those things that aren't. And then the things that you are, you know... Um, it's best to have an example to work with this as we're, as we're talking about there is always more. And I use a lot of those in the, in the book. We do use a lot in regards to, uh, to movement and training philosophy. 
Um, but that is the that is the core nugget of there. There is always more. Is is to put intent, purpose, and passion behind it because there's a reason that you're doing it. If not, knock the shit off. Quit doing it. Take it off your plate. Don't go through the motions with things in life. They're important to you. Dig deeper. Because it's since I've read it, I've found myself about an act it'll do and then I hear your voice almost in the back of my head like my jiu-jitsu yep. coaches sometimes they give me a little snippet that sticks and helps the technique I hear your voice going there's always more you know and you go okay let's put proper effort let's get this to the level it should be I could have a, a company making a little tidbits of of you know minorly successful products out there i could have my off-road rig and be doing a little bit of four-wheeling here and there i could be have a family but come home and be disconnected with my relationships with my kids and spend all my time on my uh, uh, on my uh, on my phone and not engaging right i could be doing all that and a whole lot more but people always look at me and they see the things that i'm doing they're like how do you get so much done i'm like well because it's all the things i don't do okay our company, mm. we try to be the best in the world at what we do for education and products. And we're killing it on that front. Okay? You know, when I'm with my family, I try to be engaged as I can be. There's moments I have to step away and do work as well. But it's a matter of when you're there, being present, being part of it. Okay? Having that passion with your relationship with your, with your significant other. Okay? Um, I mentioned I do off-roading. I'm building a vehicle from ground up that is one-off in the world. Like, there's nothing else like it. So, for me, when I say there's always more, everything that I do, and I just mentioned it, my lifting, lifting is important to me. Family is important to me. What we're doing in the world with Kabuki Strength is important with me. And my one minor hobby is fabrication and off-roading. Every single one of those should be world-class. I can always, and then yet still, always be better. But try to tell me any one of those isn't, <laughs> and, and, and you're wrong. <laughs> like, nobody can duplicate any of those things <laughs> that I just mentioned, right? You could argue on the family. I can't, I don't have a metric to say, uh, you know, that's world class or not. So, um, in my view, it is. But, <laughs> but it can still be better, you know? And, uh, and, yeah. and so, um, those are... Those are examples that I can throw in front of you because they're they're evident. You can look every one of those um, is on you know social media uh, or a website or something uh, for for every single one of those, and uh, without a doubt, they are at the level I just said. But I'm also not oh, golfing every mean. other Sunday and watching football and you know blah blah you know going for hunting here and there. You know, like there's a lot of like. But it's not to say that I don't enjoy, like, a lot of that stuff was hobby fun stuff for me, right? So you can't do everything in the world. So um, uh, you can do everything mediocre or you can select your strengths and do it world class. Exactly. Like you said, and, but only, uh, if think, you, only if you put fucking intent thing. behind it. Excuse my language. I've used a, dropped a few F-bombs here towards the later half, but it's to accentuate points. And it makes, and it's you're doing it to emphasize points, and what you're saying is true. It's, I love this podcast. It's like you're speaking directly to me, and you're cutting the crap out of my life. You know, you're helping me evolve and be better. And I forget that other people are listening to. 
Um, I know we haven't even gone really deep into a lot of the aspects of the book. I cannot think it's going to be anything but a roaring success. You know, I'd love to have you on again and really go into your grand goals, weightlifting, your, you know, off-roading, your, like, building the business. Like, I would, you know, it's phenomenal to see what you've done, and I respect you even more for reading your story. But what do you want people to take from this? What do you want their, if they only say remember one thing from this, even or a take home message, what would you want? Um, God, <laughs> I, I just want to say, go check out the book because I've spent so much time putting those messages in there, honestly. <laughs> but that sounds like a sales pitch, which it's not because that's not, <laughs> I didn't do it to sell books, but I wrote it to share this with people. And uh, um, so, you know, um, I, I just say I, I'm just gonna I, I'm just gonna leave it wrap it up with, um, you know you can check that out or you know follow me on social media if you want to get a perspective of kind of what I'm talking about and see if you want to get, you know involved further with some of the things that I'm talking about. So, um, you know you can find me. I don't interact on Facebook, but uh, I'm on Instagram, Mad Scientist stuff, and you can find Kabuki Strength as well. Uh, my personal website. ChristopherDuffin.com, uh, Kabuki Strength, uh, main company. Um, I've got a few other business ventures uh, as well, but uh, it's not out here really kind of pimping that stuff. But it's, you know, every, everything that uh, that we've talked about is 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 just living a living a life that challenges you and choosing to accept challenge to become a better version of yourself. And I try to I try to present that with my own actions and model that and show people what it can be. Um, but not at the same time, like saying I'm the most amazing person ever. I did just freaking say, Oh, I'm world-class this, that, whatever. But like, I'm trying to, trying to articulate points. Right. And, uh, um, so that's, that's the message that I'm really trying to get across there. Yes. I mean, it's a book, about you, but it's a book. It is a hundred percent written. That I really put a lot of effort into making this something for you, the reader, to like be able to take action and evaluate your life. And and I know you've read it, so you know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, because I I didn't want it to be a uh, oh look at how amazing you know I am type thing. What what does that do for anybody? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, I, I love, mean, it could make a great it could make I a good story you. still, but it's just not like. It's not what I'm trying to do in the world. Uh, you made it about the person reading it and about their future, their success, and that. And that's what I loved about it. Even now, you're still giving back by using your story as a chance for other people to reinvent themselves. And it's going to smash it. I think it's is it third in Amazon. All, all uh, it's a bestseller in five different categories right now. Uh, again, we just launched it like three weeks ago. Uh, five star, nothing but five star reviews. Um, and I uh, like I said, it's just it's incredible seeing the feedback and the impact it's having because it's it's uh, really having people look at their like I, I don't know how to expl- else to explain it. Like it's it's doing what I hoped it would, and uh, which is having an well, impact on people. If I can so. help, if I can help drive people to it to buy it to get you know to change the world from it to give something back to you if it's financial if it's um people reviewing it giving you the reviews of it i I would love that as a a thank you for the like the help you've given me 
through like all your videos but also like just from reading the story it made me understand a few things from my own personal point of view and that was to me was amazing i could look at your story which is completely different to mine and go ah that makes I, sense. i've had that feedback so from a everybody few people should get yeah a copy. Like, <laughs> you'll see that in some of the reviews like the same basically the same statement you just gave so <laughs> Do you find that strange? Like, because I, I, it blew me away. I was kind of going, a guy who lived in the mountains in America uh, could link with my story in the Highlands of Scotland. I go, oh my god! Like, I can see myself there. You know? I, I think it's because I, I draw out it, the it, themes behind it. Uh, you know, that people are can kind of connect and go, oh, there's his story. But we've all got the stories. We've all got the stories, right? And you can connect it to to your life and your stories. Yeah. Well, if I had to give one message to every read, listener just now, I'd say get a copy of this book because it will change you, it will reinvent you, and if you get, you know, from you can start from any point and succeed. You might not be the next Kabuki strength in the world, but you know, Chris gives a framework, he gives a platform to go and find and build your success from there, and you're changing lives, and it's a hell of a good read. And so get a copy now. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.